This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands and Camarillo, California, the it is marketing. time geeks are back that's right everybody it's the marketing geeks radio show and it's an exciting show because this is our best episode ever we've already traveled into the future we've heard the feedback and wow we want to thank you we want to thank everyone for the incredible praise that you've laid upon this episode thank you in advance to all of our seven listeners, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We have a show unlike any other lined up for you. We've got marketing news. We've got the 60-second book review. We've got influence patterns. And most importantly, what do we have on those? We have Justin Womack from Camarillo, California. We do have that, and that is important. But I think there's one other segment that you're leaving off on the show that you are particularly proud That's of. That's right. The Sex Robot Report is coming at you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Marketing Geeks show has begun. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the fabulous Marketing Geeks. And what a great day it is today. It's uh, getting close to Halloween. For those of you who are listening uh, to old shows, and you've, you're now listening in the past. So um, Halloween is about to happen, but you might be listening now and, and going, Halloween already happened. And it was wild. I had my, my sexy Border Patrol outfit and, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend had her sexy, uh, you know, Donald Trump outfit. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this, Andres. Do they even celebrate Halloween in the Netherlands? Because, um, I mean, is this an American holiday? I have no idea. I don't know the origins of Halloween, really. That's a great question. So, uh, so actually, they're sort of, I mean, they're, it's like the spirit of it is here, but kids do not go door to door and do the trick-or-treating thing. It's not like free-for-all. Uh, but you know what we have over here is we have uh, something called uh, Sinterklaas, and that is where, um, and this is this is absolutely true, uh, and I'll I'll probably explain more of this uh, as it gets closer. But it is a uh, a holiday in which uh, a a a guy from Spain who looks kind of like Santa Claus shows up with his uh, helpers, and it, it's all these white people in blackface wearing curly wigs. And, wow! Wow! Yeah. And, uh, and you give, you basically, you put, you put uh, candy in the kid's shoes and you have these little cookies called paper notas and you get some presents. So we have two Christmases here, but no Halloween. Uh, but, uh, in a future show, when, when we get actually near that, I will explain the whole thing. Cause it's rather horrifying. 
Yes, that is uh, yes. Oh, you have no idea. You have no. It's, I don't it's, even. I don't really want to go deeper on that too much. But <laughs> yeah, that's no, crazy. I, it's it's worth it because when when I when I first got here and I saw this thing, I I stared at it with jaw dropped amazement and was like, really? That was in, that's in Spain or in the Netherlands? No, it's here in the Netherlands. It's just wow. it's just kind of local to this to this country. But I'll I'll explain all that um, in a future episode. So something. To look forward to for but Christmas, uh, Christmassy episode. It's the Christmas episode. We'll we'll get to it. It's the Marketing soon. Geeks Christmas special coming to you soon. So now you know what to expect. Gather your children around the podcast, and you know, warm your <laughs> warm your hands over an open uh, LED screen, and um, <laughs> I will tell you the story of Santa Claus. So anyway. So here's the here's the show today, guys. We have uh, an amazing and 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 gals, guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, so first of all, we've got some really great marketing news. There's been some interesting things that have happened, and if you are a marketer or interested in marketing your business, you're going to want to know the stuff that we have discovered this week. I've also um, we've got a new segment that we are going to introduce. And that is the marketing book report. I am going to go over the uh, bullet points of a marketing book for you so you don't have to read it because you're very busy. I know you are. And then uh, we've got the main segment, which is what, Justin? So we are going into segment two of uh, the six patterns of influence. So we did uh, last week, we talked about the pattern of authority. And this week, we are going to talk about the pattern of reciprocity. These six patterns of influence come from the book aptly titled Influence by Robert Cialdini. So great book. Uh, I'll put a link in the description if you want to check it out. But we're going to go through these patterns. We're going to go deep and we're going to have a great discussion. So stay tuned. And what does reciprocity mean? Because uh, I don't know what that means because I was educated in the American school system. (laughs) That's a great, great point. And uh, I mean, if you're not reciprocating, then you're selfish. And that describes you to a T. I'm just kidding. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, we'll we'll, we'll discuss it. I'll define buddy. it. Let's wait till we get to the segment where we're going to talk on that. And I'll, I'll define it. We'll go through it. Uh, even if you didn't go through the American school system, or actually, even if you did, I mean, um, you're going to be able to learn this. So this is uh, we're going to make it. We're going to make it so simple that a third grader can do this. So it's going to be um, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be the best ever. That's right. That's right. So uh, let's start with uh, a little bit of marketing news. Uh, for those of you who do not follow what is happening out there in marketing in the marketing world. Uh, we have uh, a couple of marketing geeks who stay on top of this stuff. So I've got, <laughs> and we we read the stories so you don't have to. That's right. You can just listen in your cars, <laughs> listen to the gym, just enjoy the stories. So uh, this is a story from Facebook. Uh, this is kind of interesting because there was a recent. Uh, uh, you just drew this to my attention. Elle magazine yeah. ran a story recently in which they claimed that Kim Kardashian. And Kanye West were divorcing, and it was this clickbaity article. And when you clicked on it, it led to what? It led to a voter registration page. So it's almost like that Rick rolling thing, right? Where you you they give you like a crazy headline, you click it, and then you get Rick rolled. Yeah. Well, now you're getting vote rolled. I don't know what they call this, but you're you're getting vote rolled. Yeah. 
So they're, they're, I guess this is a trend. Uh, I hadn't heard about it till today, but they, there's a bunch of um, people that are putting out clickbaity headlines um, and they are sending people to voter registration pages. Surprise. And there's already a little bit of backlash though, because now we're getting into the cycle of people that are like, you're spreading fake news. Right. You're spreading fake news. But this is kind of funny. I think it's good hearted. Um, what do you think, Andres? Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's actually going to drive people to vote. I, I, I really don't. Because <laughs> the thing good, is, is that really if, I'm, if I, if I, I mean, it, it's sad to say I've seen the statistics, but more people vote for American Idol than they do in the elections. And that, that's, is, that, is that true? Wow. Well, it was a few years ago. I don't know if it's still true, but it, it, at one point it was. And um, that's that's kind of sad. So the people who are going to be like, oh, my God, did they really divorce? And and then it's like register to vote. It's like I, I don't I don't think anybody's going to be on board with that. So I don't I think it's funny because it, it also shows kind of like how people are drawn and driven into a into an action. But if, if the action doesn't actually give you what you want, and this gets into our reciprocity sort of thing, where um, if you do something for someone, give them like a news story that they may be interested in. And, and in return, you don't give them that it, it may backfire. So although it is funny um, and I love the idea of it because it just, it, it, it does give people kind of a moment like, hey, voting is more important than two celebrities who have nothing to do with my life. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, you know, although I, I have to say it, it, we, are, we are at peak bananas uh, when like that news conference with Kanye West in the White House. <laughs> in, the White, it, in the White House. Oh, my God. It, like 10 years ago, if you said, if you said someday Kanye West will be ranting about uh, about a prison plane reform. Run, what was he talking about? Prison reform <laughs> and and planes run on hydrogen to President Donald Trump, and, and I, I would have. I, I I don't know if you heard about this, but after the uh, meeting, he goes to an Apple store and gets up on a desk and starts like ranting about you know make America great, and I just I just I I mean it's. To me, it's it's funny because I just think, you know, if there was just some homeless guy who just went into an Apple store and stood up on the counter and just started <laughs> saying the exact same thing. Wouldn't make headlines. <laughs> they would they would they would take that guy out of there. Um so anyway, peak bananas in But you talk about you talk about the this method of um if you're famous, you have a name for yourself and you do like ridiculous behavior, you get all kinds of free media. And I mean, you're, you're running into the theory that all press is good press, but I mean, look at the headlines. Kanye West is um, all over the news cycle. So, I mean, it is from a, from a pure media standpoint, it's working out for him. Exactly. Yeah, from exactly. exposure, from exposure standpoint. So, so the, the fact that they put, and this is just the thing, people are like interested in him. He's, he's like, he knows how to keep his, his name out there. I mean, he's brilliant in that regard. And, uh, and so, you know, to put this headline of like, Hey, Kanye and Kim Kardashian are divorcing people will click on it and then voting. So, um, uh, what Facebook has been doing is they've been cracking down on ads with clickbait headlines and sensationalized language. So this is from Marketing Land. Uh, I love this site. Um, uh, Facebook says that the company, uh, if it has any ads containing engagement bait, sensationalized language, or headlines, 
that withhold information will be penalized. So uh, Facebook announced it was doing more to demote ads that include shocking or disruptive or malicious content. On Wednesday, the company announced it was expanding its effort in this area by further reducing distribution of or disproving low-quality ads. So uh, basically, that means ads that withhold information. So if, if there's like a sensationalized ad that doesn't really say anything just to get people you know, to, um, uh, to you know, give the information that they were expecting, uh, then this will, um, you know, so, and we've all seen this, like number 10 will shock you. You go to number 10 and I'm not shocked. Then, you know, that will be demoted. Uh, clickbait Good. number ads, 10 was the least, it was the least shocking one. Too. Least shocking. Was I knew really that was coming, you know, <laughs> so, um, engagement bait ads, uh, and this is, uh, ads that withhold information to get people to click on the link, uh, to understand the full meaning of the post. So, uh, that's like, you won't believe what happens next. Uh, you know, well, that en- engagement, bait, en- engagement bait also is like comment. Yes. To, um, if you agree with this comment, yes. Or if, uh, or if you want this comment with this word, those are, those are engagement bait too, because you're, you're manipulating the system to get people to comment. Right. So when they see that, and that, I see this a lot still on organic Facebook. So I, I don't know how much they're cracking down on it yet, but, um, it definitely sounds like it's coming down the pipeline that they'll be cracking down on this more and more. Cause I do, you do see this a lot on, on, um, I know you're not on Facebook so much anymore, Andros, but I see it all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it is pretty, you know, it's actually one of the reasons I got off Facebook is, is because I don't, you know, but it, it, it really, it, it goes to show you though, that, and, and for those of you who are interested in how to leverage the new types, new types of marketing, that the old types of marketing that did work a couple of years ago, because, we always fell for this. They don't work anymore, right? So if you if you are interested in getting people to your content, um, not only are people now becoming numb to this sort of, you know, these types of, of advertising techniques, but Facebook is now cracking down on it and you'll actually be penalized for it. So how do you, the yeah. question then is how do you make content that, that will drive engagement uh, yet still have a, uh, a meaningful sort of uh, way to get people aboard with what you're doing. Yeah, and I just want to add that, I mean, we're in a society where we were, I mean, for marketers, it was very attractive to follow the black hat tactics. Those were very popular in the early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s. Um, well, up until recently, actually. And ever since kind of Google first cracked down with their algorithm um, with like one of the, I think it was Penguin or one of their uh-huh. updates from way back when um, that kind of changed the game where uh, all of a sudden all the tricks of like using invisible text to jam keywords and pages and like is getting a million backlinks from um, unreputable sites and like things like that. All of those ended up becoming penalties instead of assets. And over time um, we're like pretty much now, if you're, if you're not doing white hat, you might get short-term gains, um, but you are risking the long-term play. That's right, because so it's kind of uh, you know. Yeah. And this was this was something that uh, you know, if you if if you attended our video marketing course a couple of weeks ago uh, that we did, you know, it, it and I, I talk about how to rank videos really quickly, um, and and this this still works because nobody seems to be abusing the system as of yet. 
but uh, but video is still a way. It's one of the best ways to get your content. Uh, sort of ranked because especially now that almost every single platform is getting into video, uh, which also brings me into the next sort of interesting article that I found, which is about uh, Facebook had a faulty data uh, uh, algorithm that was basically making videos that people were posting seem like they were being watched and engaged with a lot more than they were. So this is kind of interesting because Facebook a couple of years ago said we're, you know, we're going all in on video. Um, this is going to be the next big thing. They, they, there's, they, they're putting a lot of money into creating new content, kind of like YouTube has been and Netflix to create original content on Facebook that you could only watch on Facebook. But um, once again, Facebook has failed us by – uh, having a small glitch that that when you created a video and you had engagement numbers come through, they were not accurate. So they were trying to show, uh, you know, whether or not this was purposeful. This I, was for this was for paid ads too. This was yeah. uh, not just for organic. This was paid ads. So people are getting, they're you know, you're paying, you're paying based on uh, cost per thousand views. And if the if the data is wrong, then that. That's frustrating. And I think they're being sued, right? Isn't that what the article said? They, they are being sued. And so, you know, this is – it's a, a lawsuit was filed by a, small, uh, by a small group of advertisers in California. And uh, they argue that the discrepancy has been known for at least a year and behaved fraudulently by not disclosing it. So, you know, it's interesting because if, if I think about, you know, video in general, I don't watch any video. I mean, you're on Facebook more than me, but do you watch many videos on Facebook? I watch more on YouTube because it connects to my television. So I am more frequently watching YouTube just because I have like an Amazon fire stick and right. I can watch YouTube through my, uh, through the TV. Um, but occasionally I watch videos on, on YouTube, I, on uh, Facebook, but they're, they're all the educational sort. So I look for like marketing videos, things like that that right. are interesting to me. But um, let's just talk about real quick that the definition of a video view on Facebook, because a lot of people may not know this Um a Facebook video view is defined as three viewing for three seconds or more. So what's, what's interesting about that is if you're scrolling through your feed and you pause for, you know, a couple seconds, that counts as a view. Even if you never clicked on it and turned the audio, you know, you might not have even heard the audio, but that counts as a view. So it is a little bit um, tricky in some ways, but, uh, but you can, if you're running an ad, you can um, actually run or create a custom audience that will tell you how many people watched for like 25%, 50%, 75%. So on the back end of the ads platform, they have that data. Now, if that, I think what's happening in this article is they're saying some of that data that they were using for the retargeting purposes was incorrect. And that, uh, and that does warrant a lawsuit, in my opinion, if that is, uh, if the data was inaccurate. Yeah. And especially because, you know, uh, three seconds is really me scrolling past the video because they, they play automatically. Yeah. Now, th this just gets into a side note that I, I just want to mention, which is um, if you're creating video content, you know, and I've seen this a lot where people do it like a slow buildup, like, you know, the, like the, the video slowly fades in. Particularly when you have a talking head for like you know a few seconds, yeah. don't do that. Uh, we are not on Facebook. Definitely not <laughs> on Facebook. Like if you're doing a video that is specifically for Facebook, you need to get into the action within what three seconds because that counts as a video ad uh, or a video view. Now, 
in NLP, in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, we would say you need to do a pattern interrupt. You need to interrupt somebody's pattern because they're in like their zombie mind state, scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through Facebook. You need to interrupt the pattern, stop them in their tracks, and then get them to watch a little bit more. That's right. That's right. Now, meanwhile, on the other end of the aisle, we have YouTube. Um, now, YouTube uh, video advertising is one of the best types of advertising that people do not use. If, if it, you know, we should actually at some point we should do um, one of our next uh, one of our next uh, webinars. We should live webinar trainings. Yep, live webinar trainings. We should definitely do a YouTube uh, advertising. Uh, training. So if you want to do that, just let us know, leave a comment and we will, uh, you know, if enough people say yes to that, we'll totally do that. But um, YouTube, uh, the way that that YouTube works with advertising is they have uh, a few types of advertising and we've all seen this. One of them is the ad banners that pop up at the bottom. The other one is the pre-roll videos. So those are the videos that play uh, beforehand. And then there's the skippable and the non-skippable ads. So it used to be that if you had a one minute ad, someone would have to watch for 30 seconds or more for it to count as a view and for you to get charged for it, right? Because you're, you're charged per view. Uh, the good old days. The good old days. And then there's, of course, the shorter six second ads that you cannot skip. You have to watch all the way through before you um, you know you watch your video and those ones you're you're always charged for so when you set up your YouTube ads then um, you could choose which one of those types of uh, ads that you want before you do the skip now interestingly enough uh, most people uh, a lot of people do watch those ads but you you know my son who is just turned four, he is like he knows when that thing pops up three two one he just hits that skip button and he knows to skip the ad. So you know when you think about the generation you know generation uh, X the millennials and then the generation Y which is kind of his his demographic. He's Z, I think. What's that? He's Z. He's Z. I yeah. think he's Generation Z. I guess. Yeah. And then that is that is that the last generation? I, mean, I think I'm Generation Y technically. Yeah. Actually. So he's the last generation. Like after Z. Either have to invent a new alphabet or human race just dies. So <laughs> yeah, there'll be it. nothing left to sell people for too. Um, but uh, but uh, YouTube just changed how their quote engagement rules for YouTube. So it used to be that um, uh, engagement counted as watching a video for more than thirty seconds or hitting the banner ad right within thirty days. That was kind of the so if somebody if the banner ad pops up, that was a good deal. That was a good, good deal. deal. And then if somebody uh, if somebody goes to that website within 30 days, it counts as an engagement. Well, they're changing the rules. So now it's 10 seconds or more, right? So they're bringing down that window, which isn't quite as good of a deal. But uh, conversion will be counted within three days. So so that way – what that does though is it, it lowers the ramp-up time of an ad campaign with video. Because if you're running a video, it takes – it will take a few days to – to really see if it's working or not. This lowers the window so you can tell right away if people are engaging or not. Um, but uh, 10 seconds, they have to watch 10 seconds or more. And that's going to probably generate a little more money for uh, for Google. But uh, but video advertising on YouTube is, is one of these kind of people don't pay attention to it, but it's a really good way to get people to 
see your your brand or product yeah and and then there's people like me that pay i don't even know what i pay like 12.95 or 15 dollars for youtube red and that way i don't ever have to watch ads i can only create them but not watch them but when it's it's funny is every now and then i get on there and i'll be on somebody else's account and there'll be like a ty lopez ad and i'll you know and then he'll hook me and i'll watch it I'll stay. Yeah, I'll stay. But, but that's a good point. I mean, a lot of people, there's a trailer for something. I mean, so people do, you know, just check in with yourself, one of our seven listeners. Uh, when you go to YouTube, do, do you watch watch those ads? And the, the other part of it is it's the, the old rule of seven that we've talked about where you have to be exposed to a product or service at least seven times to uh, make a decision. But but if, if, a, if an ad keeps popping up on YouTube uh, during one of those seven times, that that counts. That could be very effective. So video is very, very effective and using TrueView ads on, on YouTube is definitely a great way to, uh, to do some engagement. Yes. So, uh, and with, with that though, why don't we get into our, our main content segment? Um, let's talk about our, our pattern of influence and then we'll, um, and then we'll get into your book review after that. How does that sound? Sounds great. Um, and, uh, let's, uh, let's go, let's go to it. So tell me, sir, Yes. Uh, pattern of influence. Like, why don't you break that down a little bit? What that means, and uh, yeah, give us a give us an overview. Well, I would love to. I would just love to. Uh, so today we are talking about the pattern of influence of reciprocity. So again, this comes from the the book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. A lot of these principles are universal in nature, and I, I mean they come from other sources than just him. Uh, but he cites these six specific um, influence patterns in that book. And so reciprocity is very interesting in marketing because uh, in some ways, this stuff is counterintuitive. The idea is that what you give out, you're going to give back. And, um, and this, I mean, if we talk about this in terms of content providers and content creators, um, the counterintuitive part is if you give away your best stuff, if you, if you share, um, if you share like great information, if you're a teacher and you're doing a course or something and you, and you give away a lot of your best stuff, what happens is it's not that you're giving it away for free and then nobody wants to pay you. What happens is people will, uh, a couple things will happen. Number one, they're going to hear all this and they're going to think you're amazing, which is kind of building your authority, which was the topic we talked about last week. But also you create a, a bit of a subconscious feeling of guilt. And when you, when you provide so much value, um, people want to reciprocate. It's a natural human behavior um, to want to give something back when somebody has given something to you. And this goes even with intangibles like information and value um, of teaching. So if I, if I were to, to give all this content for free, uh, it's, it's more likely that people are going to then want to, they might come to me and ask me how they can work with me. Or if I eventually make an offer later down the road, uh, they're more likely to take it. And if you look at like someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who is pretty much, um, his book business has been built on this model, not his business, but his book business. He's now written several New York Times bestsellers with, uh, from what I understand is purely organic marketing. And it's essentially because he gives so much value. He does a video every single day. He's got a daily vlog that goes out on YouTube and all these different channels every single day. He's constantly um, doing, he's got a podcast, he's doing all this stuff. Uh, He's constantly giving value and basically showing everything uh, and documenting everything that he does. And eventually what happens is people want to do something back. So every two years or so, he makes an offer for one of his books 
And for his last couple or last three books in a row, I believe uh, they've all hit the New York Times bestseller list. And unlike a lot of New York Times bestsellers that spend like 200 grand to kind of manipulate the rankings and get their book into the charts, uh, he's doing it organically. At least that's what I understand, at least. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I actually had a, um, a small conversation with my uh, with my sister the other day, who is in charge of my dad's estate. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, my dad was a science fiction writer by the name of Theodore Sturgeon. And the, the conversation for years has always been how, how to make some of his stories into a movie, right? He has some books that are considered classics in the science fiction genre. And, um, you know, they, they, but no one's ever made a movie of his stuff. Uh, so the question has always been how to do this. And so she and I've had this kind of conversation back and forth for, for like the past 20 years about how to get his work well known. And, uh, my feeling is that we should take some of like his, like there's been audio recordings of him reading stories or, uh, you know, or even, you know, people who want to make short films out of his stories. And my feeling is like, let's just like upload that stuff to YouTube because it will get more known. And her thing is like, no, absolutely not, because we're going to give it away for free and then we're not getting paid. And so she's kind of still stuck. You know, she's a lot older than me. And so she's kind of stuck in this idea of like, no, if you all content needs to be paid for. And, mm-hmm. and she doesn't quite get the the whole concept of like, no, content is free. Everybody knows content is free. It is the delivery system that people will pay for. So if, it, you know, my feeling is like, if we get a few free things out there and give it away, people will be more willing to buy it to expand on that universe. And, and, and so this, this kind of goes right in line with that. And so yeah, well, I have a few more points. I do have a few more points I want to make here too. Uh, so what I want to talk about is, is how this applies in marketing specifically. So in, in marketing, a lot of times you will go, you'll click on an ad, right? We'll, we'll all go to a Facebook ad. We'll click on an ad. We'll go to what's called a landing page. And uh, a landing page, if you don't know what that is, is a one-page website. By definition, it's supposed to have a call to action with um, with one or a single call to action so that you either take the next step in the marketing funnel or you have to leave the page, but there should be no other option, but to click on the call to action. Um, so on, on a page like this though, a lot of times what's happening is there, you'll see that you'll be offered some sort of a free gift. Uh, you'll be offered some, that free gift is called often called a lead magnetical pin. And the reason they call it a lead magnet is because in exchange for the piece of value, the free gift. So they'll often will ask you for an email address. So some people will also call this an ethical bribe. Uh, but the point is that you give something away of value for free uh, in exchange for an email address. And this goes again into the reciprocity. You're giving something to get something. That's, that's kind of the principle behind why this works and why you see this out in the marketing space so frequently. So a lot of times you'll see this as like a, the five secrets report, or you'll see a free video series, or you might see like get the first module of a course for free here. Uh, and you might, you might see that. Yeah, an ebook. You'll see a lot of these different uh, so-called lead magnets, and that'll get you in. And this kind of uh, also kind of gets into the idea of, um, of a loss leader. So in, in supermarkets for years, there's something called a loss leader. Like if you go through your coupon books, a lot of times 
supermarkets will offer a particular product at a loss for the company. So they'll actually be taking a loss on something with their coupon savings in order to get you in the store. But they know that once they get you in there, you're almost certainly going to buy more than just that one product. And then because of that, they're thinking in terms of like longer term value and they, and they realize that they're going to make a profit in the longer run um, instead of just thinking in short, you know, that they're just going to come in there, buy the one product and check out and leave and they would take a loss on that. So the idea is that you give, you, uh, you get, and also when you, when you give, you give a subconscious feeling of guilt that people will want to repay. So I, I find it fascinating myself. Um, I do want to share one last story here that comes from the book Influence, and it's about, uh, it's about tipping. So they, they actually did a little bit of a study where if a, a waiter or waitress, you know, you, you're probably familiar that sometimes you get like a cookie or a gift or not a gift, but like a mint or a cookie at the end of your, uh, at the end of your meal with your, uh, with your receipt. So the, the question that they asked in the book was, does the giving of a mint have any influence over how much tip that you're going to leave them? And when they asked that question, the majority of people would all answer, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, at least consciously, that's what they thought. But according to the research, that mint made a surprising difference. So uh, according to the study, the, uh, giving diners, if, if they gave diners a single mint at the end of, the, at the end of their meal, uh, the tips would go up by about 3%. But if they, if they gave two mints, so if they, if they gave two mints, uh, they quadrupled 14% increase in tips. Uh, but however, this, the, you ready for the real twist, Andros? Yes. The real twist. So if they gave um, if they gave one mint, and then they started to walk away, but then they paused, they turned around, and they said something like, "You know, for you people, for you nice people, here's an extra mint." Then the tips go through the roof because now they feel like they did something special and above and beyond, and it's a twenty three percent increase. That is a twist. That's like M Night Shyamalan, right? Oh. Right. So I, I found that to be an interesting story. Uh, it's cited in the book. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. So you, no, that's what you, guys, you have to give, give a little bit, pretend to pull away and then come back with a double whammy gift. And then they're like, Oh my God, I'm so special. You know what? Uh, this is a great point because, uh, you and I were about to, uh, we're, we're about to work on a really big project together. And, uh, one of the things that, that this particular client wants is they want 10, videos and they want them in Dutch and in English. And so the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to plan to deliver the English version, uh, included in, in the price that I'm giving them. But the way that I'm going to pitch this, I God, I hope that this client isn't listening, but uh, <laughs> one of our, you know, seven, seven billion people, we only have seven listeners, so hope probably not. But uh, one of the things I'm going to do is that when I pitch, when I pitch the, uh, the job is I'm going to say, hey, so it, it generally costs, you know, we're going to have two different versions of this. We have the English version and the Dutch version. Uh, usually the English version is a whole separate video. But you know what? Um, because uh, I like you guys, I'm going to throw that in at no additional cost. And so rather than charging them twice as much and just leaving it at that, I'm charging them twice as much or I'm charging them a little bit less. And then I'm going to be saying, well, this is something I'm just throwing in. 
for from my end, all I'm going to do is I'm going to tell the voiceover artist, hey, do the Dutch version and then do the English version. And that's it. And it's going to cost me a little bit more money, not that much. But for them, they get two separate videos and it's going to seem like a, a huge value for them that I'm just throwing in because I like them. Uh, so that 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 goes a long way. It does. And I mean, when you think about I, I think always about like seminars because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a seminar junkie. Let's face it. I'm a realist. I go to a lot of these seminars. All these seminars will always end with some kind of a high-end offer at the end. But the, the, the whole model of seminars is kind of reciprocity. You give most, of, a lot of them will give you a free ticket. So you're getting a free ticket to attend a seminar. However, there's a big back end for them. So uh, it's free to attend, but you know, at the end of the seminar, there's going to be a big, uh, some sort of a big offer. Now this is, and, this is something that, that, you know, again, if you're a marketing person or you have a product or service, um, if you do a seminar, so this is, if, if you're just like, if, if you want to get people in the door, even if you have like five people in a room somewhere uh, and you give them a free seminar or a free uh, something that should like, a, oh, we're going to do a free training on whatever you it is that you do. When people come in, always have something that you're going to sell at the end. Uh, and this is kind of where you're leading to, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, we're, we're talking about having a front end and a back end of a marketing funnel, right? So a lot of times the front end of the marketing funnel is designed to to be at a loss or break even. So you, you shouldn't be making a lot of profit off the front end of any marketing funnel, whether it's a seminar, whether it's a, like a traditional online funnel. Um, the whole point of doing this uh, correctly is that the money is being made on the back end of the sale. So uh, a lot of times, uh, so we talked about like, yeah, you're going to give away a free seminar ticket or a low cost seminar ticket to get people into the room. Um, however, at the seminar, you, you would then... Um, you know, you'd give a ton of value. So if you're doing it right, you're going to give a ton of value. You're going to essentially be sharing, you know, what you can provide to the audience. And then ultimately you'll be making an offer uh, for some kind of a high end program. And the fact that they've been in the room for, you know, three or four days um, and you've given them so much value, you've also created that sense of reciprocity, right? right. So there is a, there is a bit of uh, that subconscious guilt that's been built up because you've given so much of yourself. You've been on stage for so long uh, that they're going to feel a little bit more indebted and a little bit more likely to buy. So, I mean, that stuff goes on. Um, it's a, you know, it's a very effective business model that, uh, that I, and again, I run in these circles. So some people don't even know about this whole like seminar world, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun and you, you just kind of, um, and, and there's some, there's some great, great seminars out there. And then there's some that aren't so great and it's, you know, it's like with anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but basically the short version is, is that, uh, from a marketing perspective, if you are going to sell something, then have, a little something extra that you can throw in, uh, even you know, even if it's if it's if it's a, if it's a mint, I guess. Is that the <laughs> yeah? Well, actually, I, this, this reminded me. I, I, the last point I wanted to make. <laughs> I think I already said the last point, but this is the real the real last point, and this will shock you. Um, what is that? Uh, thank you gifts. So uh, you know, I've I've had a few clients. I, I've completed a, a relatively big project and. I send them a thank you card with a gift. So uh, I'll use, uh, and I've talked about, I think I talked about this before on one of our podcasts, but I, I use a company called Rocket Notes. Um, and what I'll do is I will send a card. And now um, this company will actually let you put any image you want onto like a coffee mug or a water bottle or a, or a, pa or a pair of golf balls. <laughs> 
Um, so a lot of times I'll grab, I'll grab my client's logo, not my logo, but my client's logo. I will put it on, um, I'll put it on a coffee mug and then I will send that along with a thank you note for doing business with them. And the response that I've gotten has been incredible. So I've had people post it on social media to thank me. Um, I've had people call and text and, and thank me. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very positive response. And I've, in fact, I've had people that have come back and done more business with me after it, which, uh, which I attribute, I can't, I can't quantifiably verify, but I, I would attribute to the fact that I, I went the extra mile and sent that thank you gift. So it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And how much does um, that cost you to do that? So the software is free. So the, it costs me to, I, I pay for the materials, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if, like if, if anyone's them, interested in checking, checking this out, you can go to rocketnotes.com. Why don't you leave a link in the, leave a link in the, in the description. I'll put it in there. But yeah. in order to sign up, you have to have an invite code. So the invite code is podcast. So if you use the invite code podcast, you can create a free account on rocket notes. Um, and then on the site, you'll be able to kind of create your, your mug, your cards, whatnot, using whatever images you want. Um, and then you'll pay for, they'll give you the cost. I don't know the cost off the top of my head, but you pay for the cost of the item plus shipping. Um, and what's really cool about this is if you have a CRM, like Infusionsoft or Salesforce, this actually integrates with the CRM system. So you could actually, you could create a fun or a campaign where you could actually send out like a hundred of these with a single click if it's uh, if you have all the data uploaded into Infusionsoft or or Salesforce. So it's a pretty cool tool. Um, I love it, and again, it, it also follows this principle of reciprocity of giving, and uh, giving a thank you gift even can uh, can create a, a positive response. So, and that that says something that says volumes because once you finish a job with somebody and somebody's given you several thousand dollars to you know, do some, something for them, a marketing campaign or whatever, and you spend 30 or 50 to, as a, with a thank you gift, um, that leaves a lasting impression. So that goes under, you know, what you're saying about, you know, giving something back when someone gives you something. And, uh, and so that, that is a, um, uh, that's a really powerful, uh, sort of, uh, sort of thing that, that I, I think is, uh, definitely to keep in mind because we, we all, if, if somebody gives something like money, uh, they want something back, but if they get something a little extra, uh, then that, that is something, uh, that, that is important. Now, what's interesting about the Netherlands here is, you know what they put on their French fries here in, <laughs> in the Netherlands? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> However... This is I see them do. They drown it in that. They drown in that. But 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 there's one interesting thing about that. You have to pay extra for mayonnaise. What? Yeah, they don't they get mayonnaise for free. Pulp Fiction didn't mention that at all. They Samuel did. Jackson had no mention. You've got to <laughs> you've got to pay you got to pay extra for the mayonnaise here. So um, you know, there's no reciprocity with uh, mayonnaise. Yeah, this is that's sad. That is, I, I don't even want to go to Holland anymore. What happened? You just ruined it for me. I know, I know, but uh, but I know where you will want to go. <laughs> oh yeah, it is time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the sex robot report. Uh, Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> if it's, with Andro Sturgeon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I can't wait. I'm always, this is my favorite segment. People please tell me what's going on. Oh my God. What's happening? You're not going to believe this. 
So, all right. Who's on Tinder out there, ladies and gentlemen? Are you on Tinder? Well, guess what? The world's first sex robot is on Tinder and gets a shocking response. 56%. Now, that is a clickbait headline. That is a clickbait headline yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, it is. It, 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 but it is kind of shocking. 56%. Uh, did swipe on a uh, uh, on this this robot. So uh, this is from the uh, Daily Star, and uh, a film director has lifted the lid on the responses he received after uploading a sex robot to Tinder. Uh, Jimmy Mihal, I hope that's his uh, correct pronunciation of his name, uploaded a sex robot to Tinder as part of an experiment for his documentary about sex robots. Uh, called I Want My Sex Machine. I think we need to do a review of that. We need to we need to contact this uh, this Mihel character and get him on the show. We got to get gonna, him. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, the film focuses on robot brothels, but is an ethical investigation into sex robots and the dating industry. The 39 year old from New York wanted to see how many people would be willing to sleep with a sex robot. He gained permission from Matt McCullen creator of the world's first commercially available doll harmony and shared the photo of the robot on the dating platform. Uh, so basically he says that he posted three photos of harmony, including a description directly below that read, hi, I'm an anatomically correct, sexually capable robot with the most advanced AI available. I'm on Tinder to find out if guys are interested in me. First glance, the sex robot looks like a real person, and Jimmy credits Matt and his team for the hard work on making it as lifelike as possible. In the second snap, Jimmy used an image of Harmony with her head open to reveal her computer brain. Man, any girl that can do that is sexy right there. I would totally (laughs) date a woman with a computer brain. That would be, yeah. Um, I ran the experiment for two hours on Friday night. On the Lower East Side of Manhattan, Jimmy explained, I swiped right like every guy that came up, and in two hours I ran the experiment. Harmony racked up 92 matches. Uh, Jimmy added, the real experiment, though, was when I replied to everyone Harmony matched with with one simple message. Question one, would you have sex with a robot? Yes, no, or maybe. When the film director asked the question, he received a range of responses, with one guy saying, you're disgusting, And another person that said, F yes, you're the coolest individual I've ever matched with here. And a third wrote, F yeah, get with the times. So out of 57 people, We've all seen Westworld. We know the answer. So we've seen Westworld. So out out of 57 people, 25 said that they would have sex with a robot. 17 said that they would. And 15 said maybe. Oh, no. 25 said they wouldn't have sex with a robot. 15 said they would. And uh, 15 said maybe. So, so that 15 are still on the fence. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, uh, interesting thing about this uh, on Tinder, I saw um, a, uh, a documentary about the analytics of Tinder and the way that women do Tinder and the way that men do Tinder are, are, are completely different. No the way. way. That women, no way. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, the way that men do Tinder is they just go swipe, 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 swipe. And then they kind of filter down to whoever responds to them. So there's like if you look at the bell curve, most women get swiped on anyway. So even if it's a sex robot, they're they're not even <laughs> looking; they're just swiping, right? And then, uh, but women, the way that they do it is they're kind of a, a bit more picky. They'll be like, uh, 
I don't know. That guy's got thin lips. No. Uh, oh, that guy's holding a drink in every photo. No. Uh, that guy's kind of cute, but his friends are weird. No. Uh, that guy, maybe uh, he's got weird hair. Okay. So it's more a little all over the map. So I, I would I would have to say that part of this experiment was just like guys who just swipe no matter what. And they didn't stop to look at the second photo of her brain with her electronic showing. But, uh, you know, that, uh, That's what I, was, I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, uh, when, when they did reply, like, Hey, would you have sex with a sex robot? I mean, if someone did that to me, I would have to answer honestly. And so ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our other, another edition of the sex robot report here always such an insightful conversation every single week love it yeah all right so um switching gears here i think it's time for the newest the newest segment segment. so uh i've uh, justin and i are big fans of marketing books and uh different concepts on marketing and so we we read a lot of different marketing books. And so uh, this week I have read a book called Marketing 3.0. This is by... To be fair though, Andres, I, I don't read a lot. I listen a lot. I'm all audiobooks all the time. So I, everywhere I drive, I have an audiobook playing. Like I don't listen to the music really or radio too often sometimes, but it's like all I audiobooks. think it counts. I totally think it counts. So um, this book is by Philip Kotler. It's called Marketing 3.0. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go over the kind of the basic principles that are in the book so you can get them without having to read the book. So without further ado, uh, this is a uh, the book Marketing 3.0. This is a book about that explains the future of marketing and why most marketers are stuck in the past goes over the new model of marketing and treats customers not as mere consumers, but as complex, multidimensional human beings who are active, anxious, and creative. That's nice of them. So, yeah. So this is uh, Marketing 3.0 addresses the complexity of the human spirit. So uh, what you need to know about this book, number one, um, you need to participate in the design process. So uh, you have to have uh, expressive social media and collaborative social media. And what that means is if you have a uh, social media post and you have a product or service, it helps to put something up there that that is basically something to the effect of, hey, we're thinking about having a new product. Do you want the red or the green? And so if you give people a choice where they feel like they're participating in the experience, uh, in the design process – then they're more likely to not only be interested in what that product is, but the ultimate outcome. And they might be interested in actually buying it because they feel like they've had some input into the design uh, process. On that note, Andres, I just want to add that um, what you just talked about there is actually going to be one of the six principles of influence that will be coming in a future episode. So get excited. We're going to talk more about that. Get excited, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the next thing is offer something spiritual. I mean, we, uh, as human beings, we are looking for a, uh, uh, something that, that gives us a, a, a greater sense of, of oneness with the universe and a, 
uh, one of my favorite quotes is, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And regardless of what your own personal stance is on spirituality or uh, you know, the great big proton in the sky or whether or not you're an atheist, it doesn't matter. A majority of people are looking for some sort of spiritual oneness or belonging. So you have to offer some sort of uh, spiritual sort of thing. And this doesn't have to be like religious. It has to be more like opening your uh, your awareness to the greater uh, surroundings of what's out there so that you're part of something greater than just your own individual oneness. So uh, in your marketing, you should offer something that's that borders on spiritual and, you know, don't don't make it trite. Don't make it, uh, you know, fake, but but give give people meaning in what they're doing, because people advertising doesn't work like it used to do. Um, the uh, the next point is evoke emotion. Make sure that when you have a brand uh, and you're doing your advertising, if you can get people to move emotionally, I mean, how many times have you watched an ad and it's just like really hit you in the gut and, and you're just like, wow. And, it, you know, a, a brilliant ad campaign that allows you to uh, have some sort of like emotional response that is effective. It connects to a part of your brain that makes you really connect you know what they you know what they say in marketing seduce the heart and then convince the brain seduce yeah convince the brain that's that's good and you know a perfect example of a absolute fail uh over the past few uh, years was when pepsi did their ad there was a whole bunch of uh you know protests that were going on the me too movement uh, there was, you know, Occupy. And so they did this ad with Kyle Jenner where she's like doing a photo shoot and she looks outside and all of a sudden there's a bunch of people like marching and she goes out there and she joins the march. And what it was trying to do is capitalize on the fact that people are, are you know, doing something that, that is meaningful and joining movements. But it didn't take a stance. All it did was just make Kyle Jenner leave her photo shoot to join some <laughs> unknown sort of protest. And it was it was an absolute fail. It was like the absolute worst thing because it tried to make Pepsi – Pepsi tried to invoke emotion by like stand up for something, but it didn't stand up for anything. So that was a complete fail and it felt phony. So when you evoke emotion, it has to be real. And the way that you evoke emotion is through your image – your identity and your integrity as a brand. So your image is important. Your identity around your brand is important, but the integrity, what you stand for. And one of the things that we talked about in the past couple of weeks is how Nike did this with uh, Colin Kirkpatrick and Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. (laughs) What the hell? Um, So, uh, so, you know, and, and, and it was successful for them. They actually, they showed a huge jump in in their market share because of this, uh, which also gets into the in, under evoking emotions. Keep your promises. So if you if you are a brand that is standing behind something like your image, your identity, your integrity means something. Keep your promises around that. You've got to stand up for what you represent. Otherwise, you you will fail and it will hurt your brand. So. Um, uh, then there's uh, define your mission, vision, and values. So if you don't have a vision statement and a mission statement for your company, develop one because your vision, your mission, and your values are going to be 
important to how you represent yourself as a brand, right? So make sure that you have defined those things. And then when you define a mission, uh, do it with a gripping story. So you're in, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit where your, your brand has to have a story and that story has to have a character, a plot and a metaphor. So the example that they use behind this is like, if you're, uh, when you talk about like the Disney Corporation, the Disney Corporation has a story. It started with Walt Disney, and he was like a cartoonist, and he started you know from nothing, and 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 there's a plot around that, and then he went on to define family entertainment. So make sure that you develop your story around that, and then use that in your advertising. Um, I would just add on to us that the the vision and the mission statement also affect the people that are going to be attracted to work for you and the people you hire on the team. So uh, by having a clear vision and mission statement, it's going to be that's going to be useful also in team building. Which is funny that you mentioned that the next part of this book it talks about employees are your brand ambassadors. So go. your mission will attract the best people. So here's the thing: if 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 I have a company and I'm like, listen, I I sell widgets, but my widgets are really here to change the world. I want to make the world a better place, and I can get buy-in to other people who also agree with that, I'm going to attract the best employees. And the, the employees, if they have, if they're behind the mission statement as well, that's that's everything, right? So your employees- I mean, sometimes, sometimes employees will take a pay cut to work for a, you know, a vision they believe in too, and if, if, that's, if it's necessary. But it's, right. uh, I mean, people will do, will do things to, to stand behind something they really believe in and want to support and that they see a, you know, a bigger future in. Right. So, so it ripples out. So everything that you start with inside of the company ripples out to where you're eventually, you know, to, to where the, the people are viewing your product and how they're attracted to your company. Um, uh, two things that are really big in marketing that we, we, haven't really touched on, but I think we should do a whole show on both of these subjects. One is adopt a sustainable vision. So more and more, if, uh, if a company is not sustainable, then it, it will eventually lead to its destruction because people are more and more concerned with the environment. Uh, and in general, I mean, right now it is the creeping towards the end of October here in the Netherlands. And it, it, this is right now that it should be raining like crazy from now until next year. It should be raining. And it's like summer weather here, which is awesome. But people are also concerned about it. Everyone's talking about it. So your company needs to have some sort of sustainable vision. Otherwise, it's not going to be. Uh, this gets into the, um, the whole subcategory of corporate social responsibility. That's a, that's a big yeah. thing that's happening. Uh, the idea that we're getting away from. Corporations uh, right now, the function of a corporation is they have to do what's in the interest of the shareholders. But that's why we're seeing the rise of like benefit corporations, B corporations, um, of companies that are, are not they're not bound by those same fiduciary duties. So they're able to um, they're able to not only just serve the shareholders, but they could serve um, they could serve the shareholders, they could serve the customers, they could serve everybody in a more um, more unified way. 
Absolutely. And then finally, uh, cause marketing. This is like a, also a kind of a newer sort of thing. Tom Shoes is an example that I always use where, you know, their whole their whole platform is cause marketing. You buy a pair of shoes, they send a pair of shoes to someone in need. So if you don't have some sort of cause marketing, like a portion of our proceeds go to a cause or we have set up a foundation or anything like that, um, this is something that that you should not just because it's like, hey, I want to make sales, but really find a cause that's part of your um, that, that, you know, this ties into evoking emotion and offering something spiritual, having a cause of some sort that that your company or service gets behind is is highly important in this day and age. In fact, uh, I just landed a huge client recently because of this very thing where I said to them, uh, do you guys have any kind of cause marketing that you're doing? And they kind of looked at each other and they said, no, but we could set it up. And I said, well, that's the first thing we're going to want to do is that if your product is sustainable, which you claim it is, it's nowhere on your front page of your website. And you've got to set up a cause of some sort that gets people behind the brand. So when they purchase that, that your, your, your product, then they feel good about it because they know part of their money is going towards something awesome. So, um, and if you think about like cause marketing, I mean, this has been, you know, back when crowdfunding was a big thing, like the, the most successful crowdfunders were always the ones that were like, that had the most compelling cause, you know, their story, they would tell a story about a cause basically. And those are the ones that would raise money. Yeah. And the idea is that, yeah, you're pulling on, ideally, if you're doing cause marketing, you have a personal connection to the cause and you have a personal story that you can sell or you could sell, you could share. Whoops. Um, <laughs> And because uh, if if you have a personal connection, it does it does tug on those heartstrings a little bit, and it it does it makes it it just makes it more powerful and it makes it more effective. And exactly. people do connect to you know if if you have, if you have a true connection to the cause, they're gonna they're gonna recognize it and they'll feel it. Yeah. So that's uh, that wraps up marketing 3.0 by uh, Philip Coulter. I uh, Coltler. So I read the book, so you don't have to. But uh, but in short, what this means is that you know typical advertising, and this sums up everything that we've you know in this particular episode. Old school advertising does not work any longer, right? It just does not work. If you want to really be a marketing guru, a marketing genius, you want to get people to your product or service, you have to evoke emotion. You have to give something. You have to be part of a larger cause. And uh, that is why we invite you to be part of our cause. If you like this show, please hit the link below. It's in the description and join our um, uh, donate uh, to Patreon. Patreon. We have a yeah. We have a Patreon account and there's different levels. Um, so if you, if you throw a dollar, if you, if you commit to a dollar a month, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Uh, and then we have different levels, including like, if you, uh, if you put in a certain amount, you'll get recordings of the webinars in the future. And, and so you, there's different levels to get different, different levels of value. So if you could support us, we'd appreciate it. Uh, all this content is free, so you don't have to, but we would, uh, we would love it if you could. Yes, absolutely. And with that, we conclude another episode of the Marketing Geeks. And it's Great show, was, my friends. It was a good one. We did not do any geek news. Oh. So uh, on the close here, on the close here, I'm going to tell you that Sylvester Stallone is making a movie about tracking down a half-human 
creature <laughs> in a movie called Hunter. That's all I got. <laughs> Maybe he's tracking himself down. I don't know. James Gunn is going to be doing. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Suicide Squad two. James Suicide Gunn Squad is 2. doing Suicide Squad two. DC Universe has snatched him up. Yeah, smart and, move on uh, their part. Very, smart very move. smart move on their part. Yeah. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the Netherlands, from, from Camarillo, California, the one, the only. Stay classy. Connect with us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, ask us away. We love you, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Let us know what your favorite marketing techniques are, what's working, what's not. And until next time, Marketing Geeks. Signing off. We out. <laughs>